You're listening to How To Catholic, Episode 6, How To Holy Spirit. He's more than a bird. Hey everybody, this is Lisa Cotter. And I'm Kevin Cotter, and we're your co-hosts here at the How To Catholic Podcast, where our goal is to help you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. Hello, hello, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks for listening in today. I promise that you're not going to regret it because we have a special guest on our show today. The beautiful Miss Mary Bielski is on the line, and we're going to be talking about how to grow in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. So, hey, Mary, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I am doing well. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It is my pleasure. Very excited to talk about this topic. Me, me too. So it's such a great topic. But before we get started, I want to tell a little uh, a little bit about you to our listeners and your ministry. So Mary, you've been a national speaker now for the past 15 years because you started when you were like 12 or something, right? <laughs> exactly. I'm young. I'm baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, in fact, you founded your own ministry, All For Him Ministries, and now you get to travel the country speaking to youth, young adults, parishes, mission trips, camps. I mean, really, Mary, you do it all. It's pretty amazing. And then in your spare time, you're working on your master's in theology and you're a youth minister. That's right. That's amazing. What a load. What a... What an amazing, holy, full life you've got. I'm so grateful for your time today. Um... And listeners, if you want to find out more about Mary, you can connect with her um, by visiting marybielski.com. And since such such a sweet last name, I'm going to go ahead and spell it Bielski. B-I-E-L-S-K-I, marybielski.com. Am I even pronouncing it correctly? Is that the right way? It's Polish. So for all the Polish people out there, there's a little shout out for you. And so just a fun name. You just got it. The I's sound like E's. So it's Bielski. Anyway, just just love me. It's great. Yeah, I spelled it. So we're good. Everybody can find you. It's gonna be good. All right. So how are things down in New Orleans? Is it is it warm? Because we've got snow here. Yes, uh, it is delightful. Today was actually yesterday was one of the first days and it's in December that I had to pull out my rain jacket because it was raining a little bit. So I hope you feel a little jealous. Your (laughs) rain jacket. Yeah, I was bundling today. It was like coats. Hats, gloves, all of it had to come out today because we got some snow. So, but it's actually, it's kind of beautiful, but I think I would take the warm over the cold any day. So, well, I'm happy for you. (laughs) Thank you. I can't handle the cold yet. So that's a different story. But I, I, now that I go, I'm going back to Indiana, which is where I'm from. And I'm concerned that my family is going to, I don't know, I'm going to freeze in the midst of the cold and not be able to handle it. But we'll see. We'll just call upon the Holy Spirit, which is the whole the whole point of this lovely podcast. That's right. That's right. The Holy Spirit will, will take care of it. That's awesome. All right. Well, there's one more thing I think the listeners should know about us, about our past history and our friendship here. So the first time I had the pleasure of meeting Mary was about a year ago when you were assigned to be my mentor for my first ever Steubenville conference which means Mary got to show me the ropes, which was awesome. And then we got to actually do the conference together. But this this kind of hilarious moment happened. So I invited uh, Mary up on stage with me during my women's session to give like a, we were modeling prayer, which is so perfect because our topic here is Holy Spirit prayer today. And Mary puts her hand on my shoulder and she's like, all right, Lord, I just want to pray for my sister, Lisa. And, you know, (laughs) on you went. 
and all of the women in the audience, because Mary and I, we do look a little bit alike. We've got the same tone of hair. Yes, thankfully. You're beautiful. So I take that as a great gift. Blue eyes, all those things are kind of, you know, similar. And I I have Polish in my family heritage as well. Maybe that's what it is. They, They must have known. And so all the girls took my sister, like literally. So everyone's like, oh, they're sisters. That's so cool. <laughs> and so all of these, you know, students, teens at this conference from that moment on believed that Mary and I were blood sisters. So I did. I, I broke it to everybody at the end of the conference. I, they were. I, yeah, they, it, it, there was shock. You could hear it in the audience like, oh, no. Say it ain't so. It's like, I'm sorry. We're not really sisters. We're sisters in Christ, which is what you were going for. Yep. So um, there you have it, Mary and I, sisters in Christ. So great to have you on the podcast today. So uh, Holy Spirit, let's let's dive in here. I'm really excited to talk about this. Um, kind of to kick things off, could you start by sharing with our listeners just a little bit about who is the Holy Spirit? Because I know a lot of times we get this vision in our head that the Holy Spirit is this like fire shooting bird that comes at really cool times in the Bible and um, Jesus's baptism at confirmation, you know, those, those kinds of moments um, that we, uh, that we celebrate. And um, it's kind of hard to picture like, like why the Holy Spirit, like why not just talk to God, the father, God, the son, you follow me. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down. And, okay. and I think the key with the Holy Spirit, I mean, growing up Catholic, um, I'm, I'm kind of a unique uh, quote unquote bird myself because my parents <laughs> were part of the, <laughs> they like that. Thank you. Um, I, my parents were part of the charismatic renewal. And so growing up, I lived in a house. Um, and for those of us in the audience, if you don't know what the charismatic renewal, it was a movement that really happened in, uh, actually it started in the sixties, but the seventies and eighties really grew within the Catholic church, also in the Protestant church of, of a renewing of the Holy spirit and great gifts were being poured out a moving in prophecy and different things. And so my dad actually had his conversion in his early forties in the charismatic renewal. And so I went from a, a girl from a home of like normal quote unquote parents, <laughs> normal <laughs> operative word. And right. then having my mom, you know, I remember I have memories of me being 13 and my mom's praying and doing the dishes and speaking in tongues. And I'm like, you're so weird. And so I say that because that's kind of our sense. It's like we kind of see or have these images of if you're part of the charismatic renewal, I've heard about the Holy Spirit. We had these kind of weird experiences of like tongues or some weird gifts that you don't know if you really want. Kind of like that weird, you know, gifts you get at Christmas from your uncle and you're like, what is this? And so we have these senses of the Holy Spirit, but we really don't get the Holy Spirit. And I think um, for me, it's been a journey. But I mean, all of us, if we pull out our catechism, we could say very clearly, the Holy Spirit is the third person, the Trinity, right? But in a a greater sense, and I usually use the story of um, Orphan Annie in some ways, uh, because she has this this beautiful, um, you know, the song from Orphan Annie, It's a Hard Not Life. And then she sings all these joyful songs in the midst of her her trauma and her hardship. And the Holy Spirit, in some ways, um, in the scripture, just talks about us being, um, that we'll no longer be orphans. I will send you someone. And Christ died for our sins, but in some ways, the Holy Spirit ransoms, pulls us back, back into relationship, like reconnected to our Father um, in this intimacy of the power and presence of God. So it's not that we can't pray without it. But it's actually that the home, the very place of the power, the very Jesus that raised Lazarus from the dead, the very Jesus that healed the blind and spoke truth and prophecy, the very power and presence of God actually lives within us. It's not us going outside, but the 
the uh, we become co-heirs in Christ, not just in a theological way, but a real reality that can be touched and experienced in our prayer. And because of that, it manifests in our life, meaning we can hear God, we can see God, uh, we can heal, we can move in the power of the Holy Spirit, things that we could never do on our own. The power of God transforms us so that we can actually be Christ walking amongst his kingdom. That's so beautiful. So yeah, I grew up like in the opposite home in my house. If my mom was speaking in tongues, I wouldn't know that that's what that was. <laughs> I'd be like, <laughs> she learned Spanish. Yeah, exactly. I'd be like, what are you doing? I I don't know that language, mom. Um, I wouldn't know to recognize it as that. That wasn't something that was a part of my upbringing at all. And so I, it's so beautiful. This is why I wanted you on the topic here because my relationship with the Holy Spirit has been very um, kind of neophyte, you know, and I'm still growing and learning in it, uh, not having had that background before. So, um, so beautifully put, you've just inspired and encouraged me right there. So thank you for explaining that some more to me. But I think I just want to say for any of us here, they're like, I don't know the Holy Spirit. It is a relationship with a person. And I just want to just just to, to de kind of take away the gifts. And sometimes we can think about the gifts and not the giver. You know, the, the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit is the person, right? It's, it's a person of the Trinity. It's a very it's a very power and presence of God. And so we don't need to overcomplicate it. Like today, as we go into our kind of segments, um, I just want to invite you to more power and presence. We live in a culture right now where people are hungering to experience God. People don't want more theology. Although I love theology. I'm getting my master's. It's important. Absolutely. But actually taste and see the presence of God, if they don't experience his love and his power in a, in a real tangible ways, then it's just in some ways, and this is why we're seeing so much atheism and just resistance. And even within the Catholic church where people have gone through the sacramental life of the church, but nothing has really changed. And the power of the Holy Spirit takes someone who's in the darkness, like some great disciples who were buffoons, just like us or made mistakes or failed, which I really relate to in an upper room, fearful and a scared and alone. And from one touch of God, transform them into great leaders. And I think that power and that reality is something that we have to just go into a hunger for, which is my first point as we go into our our segment, is 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 not just I want to tell you a theology of the, of the Holy Spirit, is that we have to just start desiring for it because we need it, because okay. we're helpless without it as Catholics. Yeah, so what Mary's got put together for us here are these we call them, we're calling them keys, three keys to growing in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. And, and the first one is that desire is the fuel of that first point. So yeah, why don't you dive in on that? Tell me some more about that. What do you mean when you say that desire is the fuel? Um, well, St. Paul talks about us hungering for the gifts. And I think sometimes we feel like, uh, I feel arrogant or prideful if I'm asking for big gifts, you know, we're taught to be humble and small and just give me the crumbs. But God wants to manifest himself in this world. He actually brings the kingdom of God, which sometimes as Catholics, we don't talk about as much that he actually, it's not just about us getting to heaven. It's about the kingdom of God crashing down on earth so that he can be manifested in his love and his presence, bring, bringing people to conversion, but also just bringing the very, um, the very fruits of the spirit, peace, joy, love into this whole creation. It's a recreation of earth. And I think sometimes we forget that. And so all I, I think for me, um, I used to think growing up Catholic, and if you're on this line, you'll probably get this. It was all about kind of striving and doing. Um, but what I see, what we see in the spiritual life, and this is not just true for the Holy Spirit, but true for all of us, is that what moves us to sainthood, what moves us to the next level of breakthrough, it has nothing to do with our great virtue. 
that's that's a that's a response or an effect it has to do with the desire that god responds to the desire of his people people that cry out to say god i cannot do this without you and the first part of the holy spirit is recognizing i need more power in my life if you're here and you struggle with depression if you're here and you struggle with people in your family and you don't know how to evangelize if you're here and you are confused about your faith and you want deeper knowledge if you're here and you're just just have doubt in general those are all signs that you need more and sometimes we're waiting for some kind of big lightning bolt to come to us, but God responds to the heart of his people. And so for me, if we can just taste our hunger, our poverty and say, God, I need you, especially now during Advent, like I need Mary was overshadowed, right? It says the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. And it's 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 that sense. And I don't know if Mary hungered, but I know she had a great intimacy. I presume that she did. But that place where we just hunger and he'll come. And so the first stage, if you're here, I just I just want to whet our appetites to say, Holy Spirit, bird, <laughs> whatever, person, the Trinity, God, I want to know you like that. Like my conversion happened because I met someone who knew Jesus in an intimate way. And so it begins with this hunger for more power, for more knowledge, for more gifts in our lives and just asking for that in a very simple way. That's awesome. Yeah. And not being afraid of it, like you mentioned, I think that's so important because I, I agree with you. Sometimes I do think like, I don't know, like, do I have what it takes? Like, could I really, could God really use me in that way? Could he really speak to me in that way? Could I really have that kind of a relationship with him? Um, but just to not be afraid to desire it and to want it and to know that God's ultimately the one who's going to lead that and guide that, you know, through the Holy Spirit um, is so encouraging. So let's uh, go ahead then and move into key number two. So if desire is the fuel, then intimacy is the source. And so many times when I say we have to hunger for the gifts or hunger for God, I'm not just saying I need to hunger for kind of a plate of gifts he's going to leave under a Christmas tree, but really hunger for intimacy. The heart of all the gifts of the spirit, whether it's the prophetic, whether it's and if you're here and that word doesn't even make sense to you, it's okay. Um, if you're here and you just want to hear God, you want to hear his heartbeat, you want to you want to be able to speak into other people's lives, you want to be able to counsel friends who are struggling and have wisdom, all these gifts of the Holy Spirit that actually manifest within us, they don't come exteriorly, they come actually from intimacy, where the power of the Holy Spirit abides within you. Um, just like Mary, Mary's our model, right, especially during Advent, that she, uh, the, the Holy Spirit overshadowed her, but actually we're called to bear Christ in us and with us. And he actually says the Holy Spirit will make a home with us so that it's it's about hosting the presence. Like we become the tabernacles and carrying Christ around us throughout the day in our moments and being present, especially in the chaotic, like, come on, let's be real. We're all chaos, right? <laughs> like we're all running around. Yeah. Everybody's crazy busy. Right. So it was like, okay, so let me like, okay, Mary, you're telling me I have to host a presence. Let me write that on my to-do list. It's not about <laughs> that. You know, like, okay, get more Jesus, write that down. Okay. got to do that. It's not, it's about, it's the opposite of what our world tells us. It's about surrender and it's surrendering to love itself, who is a person and how we encounter him is really in that place where we sit at his feet like Mary. And I know that's hard for me in, in the midst of my own life, but um, intimacy is the source and all the gifts come out of the heart of the father, a father who wants to shower his love on his people, who wants to speak prophecy um, in hope in their life, who wants to heal those who are brokenhearted. All of those gifts come from a heart that's in union with the father. And so the biggest thing is um, the second part is growing in intimacy. So encouraging you 
Um, I believe that God has a love language. And what I mean by that is that he speaks so uniquely to each person. Um, I've, I sometimes get, you know, Lisa, you're probably going to get this. When we're at conferences, I see other people's giftedness and I get holy jealousy. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I know what that is. I get that too. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's not holy. Sometimes it's just envy. You're like, see someone else's giftedness and you're like, I want that man. That's awesome. Or you, or you see someone else like doing all these things and it makes you feel like, like you, you got the short end of the stick and you're like, I don't have that gift. I don't have that. I can't do that. And I want to give freedom today that God has his own love language and he works with everyone uniquely and he doesn't change who you are. So if you're a quiet person, he's not, I mean, he's going to make you bold, but it's going to be unique to your personality and your gifts. And he, he, grace builds on nature. We all know that that's like a theological understanding. And so, um, but to, as when you spend time in intimacy with the Lord and you grow in understanding, you're going to find a language in which he speaks to you. For instance, I have friends that hear the Lord through images. Um, that's particularly the way that God speaks to me in prayers, an image or just a sense. Other people, they'll have like a word spoken to them. Other them, other times they won't feel anything, but in the moment they'll kind of feel this tug. There's, And it's, it's a gentle whisper. And so when we silence ourselves and become more intimate, just like with a lover, when you become married to someone, you know there's little intricacies with your husband or wife. You know, you can read them from across the room when something's wrong and they have that look. You just know because you spent time with them. And so the source of intimacy of, of like the Holy Spirit is learning how God speaks to you personally and how he wants to love you um, and growing in confidence in that um, as the sort as the second step. So just, and if that scares you, we can give, I'm going to give some tools at the end to kind of help you do that in a simple way. But, but just to encourage you to just, just say, come Holy spirit and begin this dialogue with him. Like I honestly was on a walk yesterday. I'm struggling right now with some things in my own heart. And I was like, Lord, I cannot fix this. I need you like come. And I just had this dialogue and that's, that's what I'm talking about. It's just intimacy to know his heart and standing in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of seeing him as a friend as opposed to this bird in the sky, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, oh, that's beautiful. And as soon as you said, um, you know, like images is your language, that I immediately remembered when we were at Steubenville. I feel like before even the conference began, you were like, Lisa, I've got this image. <laughs> I was like, okay, like, so there it was. That's, that's your language. I saw that coming out of Mary at Steubenville. <laughs> This is true, people. She does know herself that well. That's beautiful. And some people might say, I don't have a language. There's silence. It's impossible. He has a language you just haven't tuned into. And just be patient and be gentle with yourselves and the discovery. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I found that's very helpful in my own prayer life to understand, like, how does God speak to me? Because then it makes me not second guess things so often when I can go, okay, in the past, this is how he revealed that to me, or this is how that issue was addressed. And to be able to see those patterns is such a gift when you're trying to discern through things and when you're trying to hear God's voice and know. So so maybe I've got more of a relationship with the Holy Spirit than I thought right there. You're right? the Holy Spirit all over you. <laughs> yes, I, I just always picture like, but I don't speak in tongues. <laughs> And let me just, can we just throw that lie out? If you do not speak in tongues, it is the least of the gifts. And I'm not even talking about the gifts. If, if you are baptized and you are walking with the Lord, the Holy Spirit is within you. And all you have to do is trust in his voice. It does not have to be manifested in crazy ways. If you're beginning, for me, it began with just learning to kind of call a friend when I felt that nudge in my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hearing those promptings and actually responding. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I've had so many times where, you know, like I, I've like felt like, the Holy Spirit being like, you need to go talk to that person. You need to go do that. 
but I kind of freak out and I don't always say yes because I'm like, I think I'm making that up. But when it happens enough, that's when you start to go, okay, wait a minute. So we have to like stop and actually process those moments and allow ourselves to, to trust that no, like God's real. Like he can speak to our hearts and to see those patterns emerge. I, I think it's just, I don't know, kind of exciting. And so there you go. And it, and it wasn't through tongues, but Hey, <laughs> no, it's the least of the gifts. And actually I always say tongues are for, your own edification, which is a big word that means building up. So tongues are actually, I do more in my own prayer because even St. Paul says, if people can't understand you, what's the point? So I actually, you know, more than anything, the, the gifts are always about the greater building up of the church. So just loving people. And you, and Lisa, I know you, I walk with you. Isn't it great to have friends like on this podcast? If you're listening, you're like, they're friends. Yes, we are. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Maybe we had a slumber did. party this year. <laughs> we did. So um, yeah, and to know that, like, as your friend, like to know um, that the gifts are—it's all about the gifts of the, of love, you know, and the Holy Spirit flowing through that. So, I just want to affirm you in that. Thank you. That's beautiful. Okay, excellent. So, intimacy is the source. So, let's talk about number three. We've got our first two keys for growing in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. What is the third key for growing? The third key is risk is the response. And so um, I think a lot of times we expect or we think that the Pentecost is going to be happening at every moment during our day, or we're going to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit all the time. And therefore, then we're going to act. And I think as Catholics, we get really scared because we like it to be clear and we want to feel it. And what I find with the Holy Spirit is most of the time, and I would say the majority of the time, um, I don't always feel his promptings prior. Uh, And one of the lines I use often in my own faith journey is holiness is in the moment, meaning holy holiness only acts in the presence, um, in the present moment. So many times God God shows up as you take a step of risk. So like if you're there and you have a family member who you know in your heart you need to pray for, but you're scared a lot, <laughs> you know, you're freaking out inside, or you have uh, you have to speak truth to someone, or you have to invite someone, or do something that kind of stretches you, and you feel that prompting, but you're scared. The response, if you take that risk. God always shows up. His spirit is always present. And so the father is looking for people who will manifest him and who will stand in faith so that he can he can be present to the world. And so the biggest challenge that I say, if you're like, I don't know what to do, I would say just risk, take more risks throughout your day. Um, and I would start small with little conversations, um, beginning to learn how to pray with people, um, beginning to talk about your faith more, um, beginning to look more. God, in the beginning of the day, Lord, show me the person that I'm supposed to reach out to today, making it more concrete. And then throughout your day, just taking small steps. um, And that will confirm that the Holy Spirit put that person on your heart. You know, many times we have that person placed on our heart, you know, that we're like, call and we don't. Yeah. Um, But what you do, how many of us get the confirmation that it was the Holy Spirit? So I just want to encourage people just to take a step out and you'll find that the Holy Spirit is already living in your life. Many times he's just waiting for you to move. That's so funny because with uh, point number two, I just explained how sometimes I'll have those moments, you know, where I know like God's like, I need you to talk to this person. I need you to step out, do whatever it is. And it is, it's scary to take that risk sometimes because you can think to yourself, like, I'm just making it up. Like this isn't really God or well, I wouldn't even know what to say, or they'll be offended, or it'll be awkward, or, you know, um, we have this saying in focus, it's eternity is worth the awkwardness. <laughs> like, awesome. yeah, anytime, like, you know, you're like, oh, do I really want to, like, reach out, like, I'm feeling like the Holy Spirit telling me, step out in faith, you know, but it could be awkward, you know, like, hey, eternity is worth the awkwardness, like, 
being able to reach out to somebody is worth the awkwardness for the sake of their soul. So, <laughs> and if you're in ministry or if you're human, you know that a lot of our life is awkward. So let's just be real. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, might as well like use the awkwardness to your advantage if it's going to be awkward anyway. Amen. That's a good, I'm going to take that and chew on it. <laughs> yeah. There's a certain level of awkwardness we can't get past. It's just going to happen. Yeah. So. Beautiful. Okay. So do you, um, I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Do you have any stories about a time where you did take that risk when you were like, I don't know if I should. And like God showed up. Well, I do have a couple. I, I went to a, a conference a while back that was really teaching. And when I say I hunger, I really hunger for the spirit. I really hunger for God to manifest. So I go to a lot of conferences looking for just more anointing, more power and uh, I came out of a conference where they invited, during the conference, they had us go and do ministry at, at Walmart. So you had to walk around, which totally stretched me outside of my comfort zone to like walk around at a random place and just ask people if we could just pray for the sick. And so um, after that conference, I was really convicted because I actually saw people get healed. I actually saw God manifest in crazy way. I had somebody was in a, was walking around with, um, with uh, not a wheelchair. What do you, oh my gosh, I cannot think of that word. A walker? Crutches? Crutches. Thank you. Oh yeah. Gosh. Walking around, there you go. Um, he's walking around on crutches, and and I saw him get healed, and it like freaked, it freaked, it scared me a little bit, but it was also amazing. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is real, like this is this is real. And so I was all pumped, and I was driving home in my car, and I was driving. And so one of the things they taught us at this conference was was to be attuned to just your everyday thoughts. Like sometimes we think, oh, that's a flippant thought, but oftentimes it's a spirit. Um, and so I'm driving home, and I get this thought of um i'm like thinking about salmon because i really wanted some salmon (laughs) this is like hilarious like i want salmon and then i thought oh and then i get this image of applebee's okay and so i'm like that's so this does not sound very deep right you're probably like yeah you wanted some salmon at applebee's not very absolutely because i just came to this conference i I just asked the lord i was like lord do you want me to go to to applebee's because it could not it it stopped getting out of my head so long story short i felt convicted that god for some reason was going to send me to applebee's because I was going to, I don't know, God was going to manifest. So this is crazy. This does not happen very often. I've definitely tamed down from this moment. But uh, I drive down the road, and I'm looking for exit signs. I'm on the phone with a friend, and um, I see an Applebee's, but I passed it because I wasn't paying attention, and then I was like, oh, well. Well, the next exit, there was IHOP, and I was really hungry, so I'm like, well, I'm going to go to IHOP. There's got to be people to pray for there. And I went into, off the exit, and right off the exit, there was an Applebee's. Another one. I know. I was like, this is real. So I was like, this is, this is the Lord. And I pulled into the Applebee's and my heart was like beating heavy. And I was kind of freaking out. Cause I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like this Catholic lady who talks about the Lord, but now I have to like, I don't know. I just felt like God was going to do something. And I walked into Applebee's and I started scanning the room because at this conference, they taught us that the key to really loving and walking in the spirit was just about loving people. And so I wasn't there to speak a big prophetic word. I wasn't there to heal. I just was there see someone in need and get a sense and then just speak God's love to them. And so I, I looked around and there was a waitress that I felt like God just tugged my heart. And I was like, that's the one that you want me to pray for. And I was like, okay. And then I got more scared and I sat down and I was like, if she's my waitress, I'll pray for her. Well, she wasn't my waitress. Cause I was like, well, you're like, yes, <laughs> yes, I don't have to get do out this. of it. <laughs> but then the Lord was still like, no, this is good. Remember risk. God shows up in the risk. And I was just like, I was convicted that I'm, I'm going to just risk whatever it looks like. And so I went into the bathroom and gave myself a pep talk and literally, and then I walked out and I, she was, uh, she was checking someone out, like paying for their bill. And I walked up to her and I just said gently, this is going to sound bizarre. Um, but I, 
I was driving and I felt God wanted me to go to Applebee's to pray for someone. And I think that someone was you. And then she started crying. Oh, wow. In that moment, she started just sharing about her family and her brokenness. And just this morning, she was was questioning if God was real. And and I said, well, God sent me off to the interstate just to tell you that he's real and that he loves you. And so then we we just prayed together. I prayed for her back and some other issues. And um, again, she wasn't healed. But I think what it really taught me is just that risk factor that everyone, if you, when in doubt, when you speak God's love to someone, you're always going to be right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you're worried about what to say, if you say God loves you and he just wants to encourage you, that's enough to move mountains. And um, that really taught me that to look for people in the grocery store, to start being more proactive and letting the spirit move me in little ways and being more bold in little ways um, with my family and friends. Um, and I've had kind of crazy stories more so just because of my, my ability to risk and fail, <laughs> but also risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, how worth it are those times when God shows you the reward of that risk? I know sometimes it can seem like it doesn't always come together and there might be this perceived failure and we think, oh, I blew that or that was awkward or, um, you know, we kind of like regret something because the reaction wasn't what we wanted but we don't always know what happens after we leave that person once the encounter is over God can always move and do things that we might not be expecting um, but we just don't get to see it at that time so it might seem like a failure Oh yeah, and if you're always, if you're speaking truth and love it's never a failure we just have to have the, the, pers- the, the perspective of the father and see what he's doing because you never know. But I, I literally walked out of that Applebee's and I like, you can imagine I'm like 5'10", okay? And I like kicked the my I, my foot up in the air like a ninja chop and I punched the air and I was like, yeah, I like did this. Like I was so excited because like we preach about this all the time. Like you get that, Lisa. Like I'm like the Holy Spirit. You pray with people. But when you actually see God show up, it just empowers you that when you risk, when you start just trying little things and you know that he's real, um, I don't know. I was like, I was like so excited. I called like three of my friends. I'm like, this is crazy. And I just told them the story. And I've had other experiences where God sent me. I remember I, I shared a story of God sending me to a, a massage therapist when I was really down. And uh, she ended up praying with me and just crazy stories in grocery stores. And, and, and it makes being a Christian adventurous. It makes Christianity a life that isn't about just going to the, the pew and sitting down. It's about a lived experience where you get to manifest God in a world that desperately needs him. And that's our hope, right? Especially during this Advent season. That's beautiful, Mary. Thank you so much. Okay, so I'm going to recap here. Um, so our three keys for growing is, number one, desire is the fuel. Number two, intimacy is the source. And number three, risk is the response, which as we have been talking about, is always, always worth it. Awesome, Mary. So for these uh, last few minutes we've got here together, um, I want to throw your way. At the end of the show, we always do a how-to challenge, just something we want to leave our listeners with that they can do um, actively as a result from listening to this podcast. So what would your how-to challenge be for the listeners today? Um, That's a great great question. My how-to would be to begin with the story of Pentecost, and I want everyone, um, and in its Advent, so if you want to go with any of the great stories of the Holy Spirit, but I think that one's a good dis- place to start with. And just, I would ask you to just meditate on it. And after you're done praying in it, you know, whether you do Lexia Divina or you pray with it, um, 
maybe you focus on the word power, but you just pray into that scripture. What I want to ask that you start doing every day, and this is just simple, is in the morning you wake up and you say, come Holy Spirit. You take a deep breath and then you declutter your mind of all the things that you have to do. And you say, come Holy Spirit. And throughout your day, a number of times throughout the day, I just would encourage you maybe five times a day, you just invite the Holy Spirit to come and rest and simply ask him to show me today who I need to love. And I would begin there. And as you begin that, that's your challenge. So read, read the scripture in Acts 2 of Pentecost coming and invite the Holy Spirit in your heart. I would invite you to start making a habit of doing it throughout your day to become more present. And then I, I promise you, uh, God will give you many opportunities to risk and respond. Perfect. Thank you so much, Mary. This has been such a pleasure, such a joy. Really appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast today. Um, so again, if you want to connect with Mary, it's marybielski.com is where you can find her. I know, also know you're also on social media and, and all those kinds of yeah, fun things awesome. as well. So, Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much. God bless. God bless and you. excited for when the Holy Spirit brings our lives back uh, physically present together one of these days soon. Sounds good. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. We are so honored that you've given us your time. Show notes for this episode can be found at madetomagnify.com. And you can connect with me on Twitter at Kevin R. Cotter and Lisa on Twitter and Instagram at Lisa Ann Cotter. That's Ann with no E. We'd love to hear from you there with any questions, comments, or suggestions for topics or guests. And would you do us a quick favor? If you've enjoyed today's episode, would you head on over to iTunes and rate the show for us? This helps us get the podcast out there to those who are looking for a show just like this. Until next time, be saints. It's worth it.